East-West Draftcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello, everybody. Welcome to East-West Draftcast. My name is Greg. I'm one of your hosts. And on the line with me is your other host, Jeff. Jeff, that's me. What's up, buddy? What's up? Uh, yeah, you always ask me this, and I never have a good answer. Well, just you... tell tell them what's up with the podcast. Like, what what's what's special about this episode? Oh, uh, it's the the holiday spectacular podcast, obviously. Woo! Jingle, jingle, jingle bells. Yeah, and f- here's your present, everyone. Here's your Kwanzaa Hanukkah Christmas present. Those yeah. are the only holidays, right? Uh. We're talking about Cube. Oh, yeah. As all a special day. treat to you, the listeners, in this yes. holiday season, it's an all-Cube East-West Draftcast holiday spectacular. Yeah, matches up with Magic Online. If you have noticed, there is a holiday Cube draft going on. People have noticed. Fuck yeah, they have, because it's awesome. I've already laid an F-bomb. Spencer <laughs> tells me that I swear way too much, and I tell him to fuck himself. You kind of do. I got an email from, uh, I think it was one of the guys who runs MTG Cast, and they want us to tone it down as, like, as a whole. Like all the podcasts, apparently, it's gotten a little crazy with the. Uh, oh really? Language, yeah. I, I think he wants us to tone it down a little bit. So. Fuck uh, those guys. Yeah, here, here we go. <laughs> Let's see if this shit works. Uh, I thought I thought we were just supposed to label it as explicit. Well, we're definitely doing that now. I'm not. That's actually something that I added to last episode was the little disclaimer up front. Hope hopefully y'all enjoyed that all three seconds of it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's let's talk about cube. So. Yeah. What are we gonna do here? We got we got some cube pick card lists. I'm assuming. Oh, we got some pick card lists. We got three of them. I want to unwrap those mammer jammers. Yeah, which, uh, so so uh, we got three. We got one that is six cards, one that is eight cards, and one that is nine cards. Oh, where do you want to start, sir? Let's let's give me the big one right up front. I want to open the biggest present first. All right, biggest present. Uh, this is what I'm calling the regular list. As in, you don't, you don't have to justify anything. You can just start naming cards if you want. Well, I, I'm just gonna tell you that. There's there's essentially no theme to this list. Okay, great. Oh wait, I'm lying. <laughs> Never mind. There's a theme to this list. You'll fi- figure it out pretty quickly. I wish you weren't a liar. God, I'm such a liar. I, I wrote these earlier today and I've already forgotten. Uh, all right. Pick a card, Greg. Coalition Relic versus Worm Coil Engine. Um, we might might want to say what the cards do since maybe not everyone knows cube cards. Sure. Uh, Coalition Relic, three colorless for an artifact. Um, you can tap it to put a charge counter on it. You can tap it to add a mana of any color uh, to your mana pool, and during your main phase, you remove a charge. If it has a charge counter, you remove it, and you add a mana of any color to your mana pool. So does that mean that on your attack phase, you could put a charge counter on it, and then once your second main phase hit, the charge counter would come off immediately, and you'd have a mana of any color? Uh, possibly, but why not just tap it for mana? I, I understand that. I was just curious, because you said at, at the beginning of your main phase. I thought it was just something where like it was at the beginning of your first main phase it would do it, but I've never really looked at the it, card. It so. might be first. I don't know. I've never read it too specifically. 
we are getting to some serious semantics right away. We really are. I mean, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't, right? That's true. Uh, Worm Coil Engine six six Lifelink turns into or Lifelink Death Touch turns into a three three Lifelink three three Death Touch when it dies. Okay. Uh, most people know that one. Uh, quick side Coalition Relic. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, remove uh, all charge counters from the relic. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool for each counter removed in this way. So if you had a way to, like, uh, what is it called, proliferate? Doubling season. Doubling season. Any other way to add charge counters to artifacts, which there are a few. I don't know how many there are in the cube. Like, you could potentially get three or four mana off of this thing in, in your first main step. Anyway, uh, with that said, I'm taking Coalition Relic between those two cards. Yeah, I think I would do the same. It's extremely good, extremely versatile. Not that Worm Coil Engine isn't both of those things, but it it just opens, it just explodes your deck wide open. And especially in a powered cube like this, when you're fixing for mana and ramping at the same time, you're just doing disgusting things like that. Just because all the cards in your deck are going to be good. We're talking about cube. Yeah, yeah, and you're and you can ramp. Uh, double so every other turn anyway sure sometimes just that first ramped spell is all you need though you know pretty much yeah what's next next is coalition relic versus skull clamp oh see now you're speaking my language that's closer i think and i think and i should have talked a little bit more about worm coil engine like that's a card that i really like but when it comes to the cube there's so many six mana spells that are just absurdly good that you need to prioritize cards like Coalition Relic, cards like Skull Clamp over that card, you know? Right. I mean, Worm Coil has the the clause that a lot of cards don't in the cube, which is gaining life, which can be very important against specific archetypes, because there's some serious aggro going on sometimes that, you know, dropping your dropping your six mana spell isn't going to do shit unless it can gain you some life sometimes. But. Yeah, or yeah, impact the board immediately in some way. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to take the Relic over Skull Clamp, just because I don't know how easy it is to abuse the Skull Clamp in this particular cube. I mean, I could be wrong. This could be a mistake, but I'd probably still just take the Ramp in Fixing card. Yeah, I think I agree with you as well. Uh, Skull Clamp's probably pretty easy to break, but, uh, I mean, with that said... Uh, it just, it's, it, I, I don't know. I feel a lot more comfortable picking a relic than well, a clamp. Because you have to build your deck slightly around the skull clamp. Yeah, that's the difference. The, the skull relic. clamp is, sorry, I cut you off, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you don't have to with the relic. Yeah, the relic goes into any deck, whereas the skull clamp, you need some one toughness creatures and just creatures in general to kind of make that plan work. Right. All right, next card, Coalition Relic versus Sword of... Blah bitty blah. Fill in the blank with your favorite sword. So would I take any sword over Coalition Relic? Yeah. You know, I think if I didn't take Skull Clamp over the Relic, I don't think I could justify taking a sword over the Relic. Although the idea, like the notion of having to pick my favorite sword is an interesting topic too. Go for it. Can you just throw one out, or do you have to pontificate? If you do, let's just move on. No, I'd say pro like for for draft, probably Body and Mind, just because it's the one that wins the fastest. Uh, I, I go with Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice is probably OG. the best one, just in a vacuum. But Yeah, it's also draws cards. It's <laughs> sweet. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, moving on to more equipment. Coalition Relic versus Umazawa's Jite. Okay. Now I'm going to take the equipment. I'm going to take okay. the Jite. Yeah. One of the most broken... One of the most? The most broken equipment ever printed? I I think I would still take the Relic, but... Oh. I know. It's probably a bad idea. But... It just... I prefer decks that do stupid things with big mana spells. So, like... When it comes to any equipment, it's like, ah, I gotta attack stuff. <laughs> See, I prefer to attack. Yeah, I know you and do. Therefore, like, the the best the best equipment ever is just kind of right up my alley. Yeah. And, I, and I just think way, it's inherently more powerful than the Relic. Yeah, I've said this before on the podcast, but it's it's not pronounced it or Jitty. It's Jite. And it's, there's there's no like question about it either. It's not like it could be pronounced this way or this way. It's fucking Japanese word, and that's how it's pronounced. So, stop saying jit. But what if it's uh, like a Spanish speaking person say? Could they say heat day? No, because it's not a Spanish word. Do well, they say like is my name Hef? No, it's Jeff. I call you Hefe every once in a while. That means boss, and that's because I'm your boss. You got so a boss. <laughs> All right, next card. <laughs> Umazawa's Jite versus the most recent broken equipment, Batter Skull. Yeah, I'm still taking the Jite. Yeah, I think it is the better equipment, but I the amount of times that I played against Batter Skull and felt so defeated the second it hits the board <laughs> is every time. It just it feels so gross. The fact that it's like I'm thinking in my head, oh, what what card do I have that can kill this? Oh, wait, there there isn't one. Like, if they have three mana open, I do not have a card that can kill it. I guess there is one, the fucking last uh, Crows and Grip. But yeah. who runs that? Well, I that kind of brings up something I wanted to mention as far as this cube goes. We were talking about it off the air a little bit. Is that artifact removal and land removal in this cube are very good. Because everybody's yeah. running Moxon, everybody's running all these other busted artifacts like Batterskull, like GTA, like Coalition Relic. There's a lot of them. Someone's almost always going to have at least one artifact you can target, and like lands are the same way. Like Being able to kill a bounce land with the Wasteland, like Wasteland, we know that's a great card, but I think it's very like it's especially good in this cube. Yep. As are all the, all the other cards that kind of incidentally destroy... Non-creature permanents, Woodfall Primus, etc. Yeah. So that was and end of that aside. Yeah. All right. So Jite versus Winter Orb. Still Jite. Okay. I've recently played with Winter Orb, and it's like a two-mana Armageddon. <laughs> it's so good. It's like a two-mana one-sided Armageddon. I don't know. You have to build your deck around it, obviously. Yeah, but... it's, a, it's a build around for sure. But when you build around it, whoa! That card is like, wow, that only costs two mana? That's so absurd. Uh, anyway, uh, with all that said, um, I think I'm still... I, I didn't mention what I was stuck on. I'm still stuck on the Relic myself. You're taking the Relic over everything so far. Everything so far. Okay. Is there anything left? Yeah, there are two cards left. Ooh. Um, which will change, at least my opinion. But, by the way, I think, I think I figured out the theme of your list, by the way. <laughs> I think you have too. Uh, we got Jite versus Mana Crypt. Okay. I'm taking the Mana Crypt. Yeah? Give me the free acceleration, yeah. Man, 
I am so afraid of this card. <laughs> yeah, but it's so powerful. It's like it's absurd. Yeah, I mean, it's like not you play a... Ancient Tomb and you're happy about that, right? Yeah, I guess the entire time I, I, I at, at the top I said we should be telling the the listeners what these cards do. We haven't said anything about any card except Relic. Um, well, enough of them I think are modern enough that people understand. But Mana Crypt is a weird one. You should probably tell them what that does. So is Winter Orb, but uh, well, tell them what Winter Orb does, and I'll look up the I, exact uh, ruling of Mana Crypt. I, I think I know it, but uh, Winter Orb is uh, players can only untap one land during their untap step, and uh, it's two mana artifact. So Mana Crypt is a zero mana artifact, and at the beginning of your upkeep, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, Mana Crypt deals three damage to you. And you can tap it to add two colors to your mana pool. So it's a free soul ring that can half the time, yeah, deal you three <laughs> damage on your upkeep. Yep. I have seen it kill many a people. But that said, like, producing that much mana, like, I mean, turn one, you can play any three mana spell is absurd, yes. obviously. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you can go off even further if you have other other things but uh yeah i i would probably again stick with the relic here because you are out of your mind i'm i am out of my mind but boy do i fear the coin (laughs) uh next last card uh mana crypt versus mana vault uh sticking with mana crypt oh you're crazy no Uh, i'd take mana vault over all these Wow, really? Yeah. Oh boy, man. That card can kill you too, you know. Let's tell him what Mana Vault does. slower than Crypt. Alright, Mana Vault is a one mana artifact, and it does not untap during your untap phase. At the end of your upkeep, if Mana Vault is tapped, I like that, at the end. Uh, if it's tapped, it deals one damage to you. And you can pay four to untap Mana Vault at the end of your upkeep. Use this ability only during your upkeep. So it basically gives you the chance every turn to untap it for four mana. If not, it deals you damage. And what makes it good is that you can tap it to add three colors mana to your mana pool. So And it costs one to play. Yeah, so it's it's a very cheap ramp spell, but you're still only netting two mana, and then you have to pay four to untap it. Like, I'm netting two mana every turn with Mana Crypt, Jeff. I, I know this. Uh, this is my argument for Mana Vault, is uh, the turn you play it, is, is it's using it then is fine. You know, you're ramping two. But the real power is playing it turn one, and turn two playing a five mana spell, which is ex- like so easily doable, you know, and happen. It's happened. It, I mean, when it's in your deck, it'll happen, you know, probably once, maybe a <laughs> few times. Like I, I just played with it. Uh, obviously, it's on the top of my mind, and I'm being a little results oriented, maybe, but it, it's absurd. I mean, and and like you said earlier, uh, with Coalition Relic, um, the first time you use that ramp is the most, is the big time. Like, that's the most important time. Like, maybe we'll use it again, and it'll be awesome again. But the first time is, like, the, the big punch. And so, Mana Vault not untapping, not, like, the biggest deal in the world, because... And one damage a turn is nothing compared to, uh, essentially, 1.5 damage a turn, because Mana Crypt happens every turn, no matter what. Mana Vault, you can always untap it and not take any damage. I think you just have fear of taking damage. Oh, I most definitely do. So so what's better? Is the ability to play a three drop on turn two oh turn one and a four drop on turn two, is that better or worse than the ability to play a five drop on turn two? I 
think it's worse, but I don't know. I mean, I like think about like I, I mean, Greg, you you just played with bribery. You were telling me think about yes. bribery on turn two. That's absurd. Um, like it, you could possibly be playing an Ulamog turn two. Yeah. Or I mean, or such things like that. I I, I don't know. Uh, like. I'm not. I'm not trying to like. I'm just saying, like in the abstract, not factoring in the other merits of these cards. Just like, what would you rather do? Would you rather cast a three drop on turn one, a four drop on turn two, or mana vault, or, or basically nothing on turn one and a five drop on turn two? I think the big difference here is the fact that mana crypt goes best in kind of a more aggressive deck, where mana vault goes best in a deck that's trying to set up for ridiculous giant spells. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that Mana Crypt is pretty good in that deck, too. Yeah, it's good in that deck, but I think Vault is better in that deck. I think Vault is is good in the aggressive deck, too. I mean, it's... it's right, not... I mean, they're both very good cards. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think we... I think the You never answered my question, though. Do you think that a 3-drop and a 4-drop on the first two turns is better or worse than a 5-drop on... I, no, I, I did answer it. I oh, okay, I, I don't remember what you said. I think the 5-drop is better. You think the 5-drop I... is better? Yes, yeah, I'd, I'd rather go three drop, four drop. I'll I'll, I'll tell you my reasonings. Uh, one, the five drop is going to be a, a higher impact spell, which you know, whatever. Two spells is probably higher impact than one spell anyway, but it requires you to have a, a, another card for that to work. Like all I need for mana vault to work is a, is a five drop, where all you need for mana crypt to work in in this situation is a three drop and a four drop. It's like, is that going to happen? Like, are you really going to get that lucky? What do you mean that lucky? That's three cards in my opening hand. Like, yeah. Well, I'm only I only need two. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think the fact is for me is that Mana Crypt makes every card in my hand faster, and Mana Vault only makes one card in my hand faster. You know, like that's not true. It it makes. How is that not true? Because you tap, you can untap Mana Vault and use it again. I mean, I just get out of here on turn four. No, I I just played with it, Greg. It I cast, I cast like uh, a mere battle sphere, and then later cast an Ulamog with it. Like these things happen all the time. Oh it's, no, I understand that, but I mean at the same time, like when you're getting that high in the like the mana zone, like the mana curve, like a, is two mana really all that much different than three mana? I mean, sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not. It's different in that I could cast my mere battle sphere and my Ulamog, and I couldn't have without that extra mana. Uh, I mean, it is different. You're, pick, you're picking one case. I, I guess I'm not I'm not talking about, like, a specific case in general. I'm talking about, like, basically, if you look at any, like, average hand from a cube deck, I think that the Mana Crypt is better because it allows you to accelerate all those cards at the same rate, whereas Mana Vault means, like, I can get one thing out really fast, then I have to wait. I have to spend a bunch of mana to untap the Mana Vault, and then I get to use it again. Like, I think you lose a lot on tempo when you do that. And I, I, I don't know, I kind of figured, considering you're, like, the champion of, of tempo these days, like, you would rather just have two extra mana every turn than three extra mana twice in the game, you know? Uh, I mean, they're both tempo cards, so... I... <laughs> sure, sure, but I'm saying, like, I don't I, know. I, I see what you're saying. Mana Crypt, overall, in in random deck X, is going to be a better card, probably. Or maybe definitely. In the deck that I draft, Mana Vault's the better card. And that's See, I just don't think it's that much better for, like, I don't know. 
It's that much better for me to take it, yes. Oof. I definitely think so. Like, I, I like to cast spells that cost seven mana. Like, I like to cast spells that cost a lot of mana. And Mana Crypt is not as good at doing that as Mana Vault. It's pretty close. But it takes, like, the other thing is, is it takes a whole nother turn, maybe another few turns, for Mana Crypt to do what Mana Vault can do. And in those turns, I'm killing myself. Yeah, see, you're not all, you're, you might be killing yourself. I have seen so many people die to Mana Crypt. Yeah, but that's the thing is because you remember that. You don't remember when, like, someone goes Mana Crypt on turn one and they just destroy the opponent and then it's just like, okay, game two. Like, yeah, he had Mana Crypt, big deal, you know? Like, yeah, I've seen that happen too. Like, Now, I, how about this? What Does this factor into your decision at all? The fact that you could use you could use Mana Crypt as a land in your deck or as Mana Vault is more of a spell. Does that make any difference to you? never thought of it that way like you could put you could play yeah, I, I get what you're saying 15 like, I, or 16 lands instead of 16 or 17 yeah i guess that does matter but like i was saying <laughs> i'm using mana vault like i'm thinking of it as a card to get me to seven mana you're thinking of it as a land like like one of the best lands ever no i get I, okay. we're we're talking about two different decks greg i you're understand about, i understand that i'm just trying to like what when we when it comes to pick a card, I think of this more as like an in a vacuum scenario. And I guess if you're talking about like I only want to draft one type of deck in cube, like sure you can take mana vault all day. I just if you're talking about like which card is better, I think that mana crypt is definitely better. Well, I'm not talking about vacuums. I'm talking about my preference. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's fun. No, it was. I mean, I thought that was a good no, no, discussion because no, no. no. it is close and they both do different things. I just kind of wanted to like. I don't know, work through it with you. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, I get I get what you're saying. Uh in the vacuum of in deck X, I agree that Mana Crypt is the better card. Um anyway. Did you that, hear that everybody? Greg was right. No, Greg is right in his <laughs> own little semantic world. <laughs> in my high world that I de- I draft decks that I want to play, I draft Mana Vault. Alright. Uh pick a card list number two. Oh yeah. Uh you want the, the little list or the the medium list? Yeah, now I'll open the small one. Alright, small one. This list I call my specific list. You'll find out why. Okay. Alright. Animate Dead versus Mana Drain. Okay. Now we're talking archetypes, baby. Yeah. See, these both seem to want to go into your ridiculous heavy mana spells. For sure, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. They like totally re- Reanimator with a bunch of huge dudes, or, uh, anyway. Um, or a control deck. Yeah. Like, they both are good there. Can Animate Dead get creatures from your opponent's graveyard, too? Oh, yeah. Man, that card is so good. I know. Lost for Reanimator deck in my draft today. It's not good. <laughs> uh, I'd probably take Animate Dead because I would rather play Reanimator and because it's a little I mean it's far more splashable if I if it came to that. Yeah. I I think I would do the same. I think Mana Drain's better though. <laughs> Mana Drain is I I think it's definitely better. I mean Yeah, exactly. Like it's not close. Like Mana Drain is a better card. Mana Drain is an absurd card that is banned in Legacy. I mean, it's banned for a reason. It's so, so you're not going to take Mana Drain here? No. Mr. Mr. Seven Mana Spells? Well, you know I love Reanimator, too. Okay, so you love Reanimator more than you love Seven Mana Spells? 
Well, yeah, because you cast your seven mana spells by putting them in the yard. How cool is that? It's pretty cool. That's why <laughs> I'm taking it. Uh, all right. Um, next, Animate Dead versus Armageddon. Real quick, mm-hmm. Mana Drain is a counterspell for two blue. It's an instant, and uh, on your next turn, after you cast Mana Drain, if it, I mean, if it resolves and whatnot, you add X colorless mana to your mana pool on your main phase, where X is equal to the converted mana cost of the card that Mana Drain countered. Yeah. In, in a world with Mana Burn, it was broken, but not... I mean, it was broken. In a world without Mana Burn, it's like... It's Ba-Roken. It's strictly better than Counterspell. Yes. All right, so... Animate Dead or Armageddon? Yeah. And Armageddon is four mana, destroy all lands. That, it hasn't changed. It's still that, yes. Yeah, I'm just... I'm being a smartass. Yeah, you are a smartass. I would still take... Anime Dead. I think that again, Armageddon is probably the more powerful and better card. Mm-hmm. But I can't seem to get it to work very well when I draft Cube. Yeah, it can be tough. It's one of those cards that you kind of need to draw, or you need to have with a really specific sequence of other plays to be very good. Like you need to be ahead on board and then cast it. Yeah, it's definitely worse in a cube full of mocks and mana vaults and mana crypts. Yeah. When when it's possible, your opponent will just be like, have a mox and another artifact mana thing in play, and you're like, my Armageddon feels shitty. Yeah, there's a there's another thing to be said, I think, about playing cards that like are not fun, and I don't think Armageddon is very fun. No, it's like, not. Like when I resolve an Armageddon and I win because of it, like I never feel great about that. No, I find myself apologizing. In fact, <laughs> it's like I cast it. And my opponent, like, I usually have to because my opponent is has such a shit fit that I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know, they printed this card, it's kind of stupid, but it just won me the game, so. Yeah. Next game. But anyway, I, I'm going to stick with uh, Animate Dead as well because I, I don't really like playing decks around Armageddon. Although we'll be talking about that again later. Yes, we will. Uh, Alright, Animate Dead versus Goblin Guide. Uh, I'm still going to take the Animate Dead. I do like the red deck wins in cube. I like to play that deck a lot, actually. Yeah? And yeah. how do you feel about Goblin Guide in that deck? Is that, like, one of the highest picks for you? It's one of the cards I want, that's for sure. I, I mean, it doesn't really matter if I get Goblin Guide relative to something else. You just want, like, kind of a critical mass of one and two drops, and Goblin Guide is one of those. You think, do, I mean, I, I'm mostly asking, is it the best one drop to you? Uh, I don't know, probably. It has haste, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's I think that that's that's why it's the best. I mean, yeah. I do like a Jackal Pup. I do like, uh, what's it called? The Lava Mancer, but... Yeah, Lava Mancer just killed me yesterday. That card is so good. It doesn't, it's like Mother of Runes. It doesn't look that good, and then it just beats the <laughs> shit out of you, and steals you six just damage. smacks you around. It's Without, like, like, worrying about getting through, yeah. Yeah. It's... I, I thought, I was like, in my head, I was going to win this game because I cast Ulamog to kill a Sulfuric Vortex. I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> I killed Sulfuric Vortex! And then, <sighs> I was, and then I was like, oh shit, it put it in his graveyard, which then <laughs> that's gives a, him another thing in his yard. I just gave him one free damage. Yeah. Ugh. God. God. Um, 
anyway. That's the that's the card I really want in Red Deck Wins is is Vortex. I would take oh, that over yeah. any red card. Would you take that over Animate? I didn't put it on here because I think it's. I, I would know. take I would take it over Animate Dead. Yeah, that's why I didn't put it on here because I think it's kind of like the snap pick pack one pick one. It's pretty snap. Like yeah. oh yeah, I guess I get the best card in one of one of if not the best archetype. But would you, how about this? Would you take a Goblin Guide over a Koth? Pick one, yeah. pack one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Me too. There's there's other good four drops that kind of just do the same thing as Koth. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Animate Dead versus Rafelos. Uh-oh. I think I know which way you're going to go now. <laughs> I think you do. But uh, we should say what it does. Do it. Green, green, 2-1 Legendary Elf. Uh, tap him to add a green mana to your mana pool for each forest you control. Holy shit. It's a lot of mana. Yeah, just the turn after you cast them, assuming you use two forests. They don't have to be basics either. You could be like, Tropical Island, forest, play Rofalos, and then turn four, any other land, like you're ramping. Like, if it's another forest, you can play a six drop. Yeah. If it's any land that's not a forest, you can play a five drop on turn three. Like, that card is pretty absurd. Yay. I think that's the card I'd take. I'd take that over uh, Animated. Yeah, I think it's the better card. It's the much, much more, uh, like, what's the word? Focused. Like, you have to build around it for sure. Um, you have to build around it, but it doesn't take much for that card to be insanely powerful. Right. You can definitely be two colors and not bad an eye about how powerful it is. Obviously, if you're mono green, it's probably the best card in your deck. Right. Whereas Animate Dead, you need a Buried Alive or some discard outlets or whatever to kind of like, and some fatties to kind of put it all together. Like with Rofalos, it's just like, you just need expensive spells to cast. Yeah. Because expensive spells are good. Yeah. So the last card on this list, uh, I think I already know what your answer is because I talked to you a little bit about this card earlier today. Um, But Rofalos versus Mishra's Workshop. Yeah, still Rafelos. I got to play with the workshop today, by the way. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't great, but it was good. Yeah. And, and what was your artifact count? Uh let me look that up for you. Uh give me a minute, play some like Jeopardy music. Alright, I have my answer, Mr. Trebek. Fuck, that was too fast. I didn't even get to finish. It's alright. I just I'm good like that. Um, artifact count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? That's a lot. 12 artifacts. Yeah. And so it was just okay in a 12 artifact deck? Yeah, I mean, part of that stems from the fact that a lot of my non-artifact spells were, like, double casting cost. So, like, I had Electrolyze for blue and red. I had uh, Koth and Urabrask for red-red. And uh, Niv-Mizzet for blue-blue-red-red, which is awkward when you're playing that... uh, the workshop. Sure, yeah. But with that said, I did get to cast Coalition Relic on turn one once. That's cool. That was pretty insane. Yeah, I was very interested in how good Workshop... I mean, I, I put Workshop on this list just to see your opinion of it, mostly, because I have no clue how good it is. Because we don't own it, so it's not in our cube. Um, I have no idea. I've never played with it, so that's just a complete question mark to me. I don't think it belongs in our cube because our artifact count is too low. Okay. That's good to know. That's uh, my opinion as of this moment. I I think that that's my opinion too, but obviously I 
don't know. Uh, last pick a card list. So Woo! this is this is the fun one, and this will probably be the fastest one. Okay. Uh, I call this list power. Oh, nice. Uh, Library of Alexandria versus Mind Twist. Library. All right, that was a snap. Yeah, I that card wrecked me today. Oh, did oh it? God, turn one library is possibly the best thing you can do in Magic. Uh, I like, eh, I guess. Like if you if you're only gonna play one card on your opening turn, I'll even give you like land plus spell. I would rather just play a land if that land is Library of Alexandria. <laughs> what if your land plus spell was? Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, there's there's nothing better. It's just man, and God, the ways you can abuse it with like discarding things too, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You play you play the library, you draw a card. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. It's just not fair because like I, this is against that reanimator deck I was telling you against. Like yeah, yeah. Turn one library, yeah, you discard something like a Woodfall Primus or a like Angel of Despair, and you're like, okay, great, I am not gonna win this game. <laughs> He's definitely playing that next turn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That is a bummer. Mind Twist is one of those cards that um, you you don't have to build around it, but but if if you do have like the fast acceleration in the beginning, it does end the game the turn you cast it, and uh, and it's it's similar to Armageddon except even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's it's even more demoralizing. It's not only like oh I need to draw lands to cast my spells. It's oh I don't like I need to draw cards to to. I, I'm just done. Like, yeah, there's to nothing to do. Uh, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. But anyway. So which card would you take? Uh, library as well. Okay. Uh, library of Alexandria versus Time Twister. Library. Yeah, me too. I don't Not even close. know if t- Time Twister is worthy of the cube. I actually played it um, in my first Forcing the Issue deck, which uh, I probably won't even mention again on the cast because... It was a disaster. Just to see, just to see what it did. Uh, turns out it um, it doesn't do a lot for blue. Like it's it's different from Wheel of Fortune in that Wheel of Fortune uh, gets to restock a fast red deck's hand as well as maybe do some absurd combo stuff with like Reanimator because it discards your hand and such. Uh, where Time Twister is just like. I can already draw tons of cards in blue. I don't need to let my opponent draw tons of cards too. Yeah, it's I don't know, I don't never understood why. Because time twister when you cast it, it shuffles your hand and your graveyard into your library. Yeah, everybody does that. Yeah, and you just you basically start the game over except with permanence in play and life totals. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's just yeah. It seems too fair. It seems too balanced. It, it is. It is too fair for being a power card. It's it's not that powerful. All right. Anyway, Library of Alexandria versus any OG Mox, Pearl Emerald Jet. Sapphire. Pick, pick your mocks. Whatever the last one is. What's the red one? Ruby. Ruby. Ruby Tuesday. Uh, I'm still taking the library, I think, but it's very close. Yeah. Because um, they essentially I, both serve the same purpose as being like a land. I mean, the moxen provide you with some acceleration, but the library provides you with straight-up card advantage. Straight up. I do love drawing cards, which is why I also take library. Because, I mean, the worst case scenario for both of them is that you draw them late game where they're just lands. And in that case, they're basically the same card. Yeah. Whereas turn one, like, you could make the argument that having two mana on turn one is better than 
only having one mana but being able to slowly draw cards, but I'd, I'd rather draw cards. I will share very quickly of my second deck I drafted yesterday where I went turn one, forest, mox, pearl, mana vault, Garrick, make a wolf, <laughs> go. With that's, my opponent with no permanence in play. That's pretty spicy. <laughs> it felt so good. Yeah, that, that game ended very shortly afterwards when he like he played a Llanowar elf the next turn and I was like, okay, kill it with Garrick. Attack for two, go. Or I, I probably cast something too. <laughs> and I was just like, why did you play the Llanowar? You're just like helping me. Oh, that ain't right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, Library of Alexandria versus the big, the bad, the black lotus. See... Now we're talking about some, some real power. Real power. This yeah. is the famously most expensive card in Magic for a reason. I think I see. Here's a question for you, Jeff. Would you take if you opened up a pack that had a Black Lotus and the mocks of your choosing in it? Which would you take? A, a Black Lotus. Okay. I think you can make the argument for the mocks. You probably can. But remember earlier when I argued forever about how much I like to spend one mana to get three mana? Yeah, this sounds like a fundamental difference between you and I. <laughs> when I when I get three mana for nothing that can be any color, oh, jeez. Yeah, that's tough. Library or Lotus? I guess, yeah. I guess any deck can play Lotus, too. I'd rather, I'll, I'd take the Lotus. Yeah, well, I mean, any deck can play library. Well, sure, but I mean, like, library is less good in a deck that just wants to kind of spit its hand out onto the battlefield and, and attack. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty damn mediocre in that deck. Whereas Black Lotus is insane in that deck. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh, shit, I lose. Yeah, like, yeah. Goblin Guide, Stormblood, or not Stormblood, Berserker, but, like, Goblin Guide 2-drop. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Or Goblin Guide 3-drop with a land. God damn it, that card is pretty busted. Yeah, I'll yeah. take the Lotus. Four mana on turn one. Uh, all right. Um, now we got Black Lotus versus another piece of that beautiful power, Time Walk. Yeah. Two, two mana for a free turn. I think I'm still going to take the Lotus. I, I've played with Time Walk a fair amount in our cube, and while it is very, very good, it's kind of a build around me and it's also kind of a card that you need to survive to a point where like it's going to be very relevant where it's going to be really good yeah does that I make think, sense well it makes sense in that it's a build around me because when you build around it it becomes like crazy absurd right it's it's not a build around me in that like if you're playing a blue deck and you get a time walk you don't build around it it's not sitting in your sideboard no, no, you're definitely playing it. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. What I'm saying is, like, you don't get very much value off of just, like, turn two, cast Time Walk, take oh, my next no. turn. Never, you know, like, everybody who's listening, never cast your Time Walk turn two. You're casting Rampant Growth. Why would you make Time Walk a Rampant Growth? Yeah. D don't do it. Uh, and that's, but, yeah. That's, I guess that's my ultimate argument, is that you're trying, you have to get to, like, turn five or turn six before you can do anything really absurd with it, whereas... If you're playing against a deck that has Black Lotus in it, they could have already done something absurd on turn one or two, yeah, you know, definitely. which is yeah. why I'd rather have the Lotus. It's definitely the more late game play. Uh, when it's, it's good, it is so good. It's, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. It's feel it. It definitely feels really good. Like one of the the cards that like 
just really gives me a gigantic hard on when I cast it. <laughs> I mean, Black Lotus is like cool. It's like, ah, I get to cast this big spell early. But really, like, you're getting the joy out of that spell. Time Walk, you're getting the joy out of your opponent being like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I cast this like four drop this turn. Like, it's like, I don't know. It, my favorite uh, color combo is blue red, and it's like going like Koth, attack for four. Oh, Time Walk. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, you just did that? Yeah. You can't do that? Yeah. But, all right. Anyway. <laughs> Black Lotus versus the last piece of the power puzzle, Ancestral Recall. I, I'm going to take Recall, and yeah. it's, I it's, see why you left a, that for last. It's a triple time walk for one mana. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. When my I wanted, like, the other uh, yesterday, my opponent goes, mole, mole to five. And I'm like, yeah! And then he's like, turn one island pass. I'm like, alright, do something. And he's like, ancestral. And <laughs> of your turn. And I was like, what? <laughs> that, you mulligan twice and it means nothing. Yes. Yeah. It was it was awesome. I mean, he, he actually still lost the game. But it was still like... There aren't that many cards in Magic that, are, that cost one mana and are just inherently a three for one. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much, it's, yeah. So, uh, speaking of one-mana cards, there's one more card on this list that I left for last. Uh-oh. Uh, Ancestral Recall versus Soul Ring. Yeah, this is, like, the age-old debate is what, like, do you take anything over Soul Ring and... If that thi- or if you take anything over Soul Ring, it is Ancestral Recall. Right. But does the colorless of the Soul Ring make it the better card? Ah, oh, God. See, I don't know where to come down on this. I think you could you could make the argument either way. Like, the one that makes me want the one that makes me think that I would choose Ancestral Recall is the fact that if I draw like if I draw one of those cards on turn seven, which card do you want to draw? Like, it's almost always you'd almost always rather just oh, draw Ancestral. Of course, yeah. And I don't know. Like, does that make up for the difference that the cards have in the early game? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's Ancestral so doesn't do a lot in the early game. Like, exactly, I mean, whereas Soul Ring just can win everything. you a game out of nowhere if you cast it on turn one. Yeah, it's it's a. I mean, we were. T- I was giving Greg shit for Mana Crypt, uh, which is just the better Soul Ring in a crazy lucky world. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I since I am so afraid of damage, I definitely like Soul Ring more than Mana Crypt. Oh, so do I. Actually, that came up in uh, our rotisserie draft we did up at Spencer's house a few weeks ago. It got to me with like fourth pick, and that was what I had to choose between. Mm. Which don't don't ask me like what got taken ahead of Soul Ring and Mana Crypt, because I, I don't want to get into it. Ancestral was one of them, and Lotus was one of them. Uh, but the the third card was like one of those cards that was just not good enough to be taken ahead of them, if memory serves. But I don't remember what card it was. It was just like, well, now I actually have to make a choice. You know, was it was it John with like Necropotence or something? Like no. Some- some like it, it was one of those build around me type cards. Yeah. yeah. It just it just reminds me of the the rotisserie draft, the standard Roto League one where John like snapped off for Xeno Obliterator and it's like, whoop, we know what John's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Mono black for Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I think I'd still take Ancestral, although 
you're not wrong if you take Soul Ring. Yeah, I I will tell you why I take Ancestral, and these are I think these are very valid points. The first point is that Ancestral draws cards. Yep. And the second point is that it's so much sweeter. <laughs> that's that's your point. Yeah. It's so much sweeter. I mean, Soul Ring is pretty sweet, dude. But how often do you get to cast like? Soul Ring is in like every EDH deck. Like everybody knows Soul Ring. Everybody's cast it a million times. Everybody knows about it. So you just it's think like it's... how many times have you cast Ancestral Recall? I can only think of one time that I've cast it, and boy, do I wish I've cast it more than that. You need to play our cube more, Jeff. Well, I live in Florida, goddammit. Son of a bitch. Guess what we're doing on Saturday, by the way. Cubing. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, uh, so that's it. That's it. Uh, Ancestral's the winner the for both of us. Ancestral's the winner on the last one for sure. I don't I feel took... good about it, but I, I think that's the card I would take. Oh, I feel good about it. Oh, I feel, boy. I feel great about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Mana Vault was the correct pick in the first list. Nope. And Rafelos wins the the archetype list. That one was close, though. That second list. I mean, you can, I think you can make an argument for Mana Drain, Armageddon, like all those cards. You're right. It's just kind of like play preference. It's kind of a cool list where it's like, what do you want to pick today? Like, I, I mean, you could open that pack and be like, oh shit, like I could go any way I want to. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you open up, you you end up with Rofalos and Anime Dead in your deck, and you're like ramping slash reanimating giant green monsters. That'd be that'd be fun. I did that. It was awesome. <laughs> I did that one time. That's what I did, nice. and it was glorious. All right, well, pick a card list's over. That only took a long time, but that's okay, because those are always fun. Yeah, uh, so do you want to get into forcing the issue? Because this is the big honking gift of the the podcast. This is the honking gift. Let's honk it. Forcing the issue with a powered cube. What would we? What would we do, Greg? What would we force? Obviously something crazy like... Something that's going to use our black lotuses that we're obviously going to get. Yep. Ancestral recalls. So what will we do with all this crazy stuff? Well, the other the caveat is that because it's forcing the issue, we have to try and do something that like no one else is doing, and it's probably going to be bad because of that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that nobody else would be doing this archetype, but okay. I, I mean, it's not like when people looked at look at this cube list. Like, what do you think are the first thing that comes to mind? It's like reanimators one, like green ramp is another, mono yeah. red. Like the artifact deck with Telerian Academy and and whatnot. Yeah, that's all. Like I've seen a bunch of people posting screenshots on Facebook and on Twitter of these decks they've been drafting. But we wanted to do something that was a little more off the beaten path than that. Although I did just say Telerian Academy and uh, artifact mana, and we're definitely going to try to use that because what else are we going to do in the powered cube? That's right. So uh, so the card we're looking at, or the cards. Wildfire, Burning of Xinyi, Armageddon, in general, saying no to their lands, no to their creatures, and keeping all of our artifacts, lands, and such around. Yeah. I don't know what you call this deck, but... I mean, I'd call it a Wildfire deck more than anything else. Okay. Because there was Wildfire. that, like, stand, that red and or those that red standard deck back in the day with, like, Covetous Dragon and... Grim Monoliths and Voltaic Keys and Wildfires. Exactly. And I think it's kind of loosely based on that. And so the reason we wanted to try to draft this deck is because there are 
essentially two copies of Wildfire in the cube. Yeah, there definitely are. Wildfire and, and Burning of Zinyi are the same card. We should explain what that one does. Do you want to tell them what that card does, Jeff? Yeah, uh, it um, costs four colors and two red, uh, sorcery, and deals four damage to each creature, and each player sacrifices four lands. So cast that on turn four and watch them cry like babies. Right, because it's going to kill all their little dudes, and like if hopefully it'll have some artifact mana left around to be ahead on board. Yeah, with, that's the idea. Right, so... Kind of basing our our strategy on those two cards is kind of loose because they are only two cards in a very large cube and there are eight drafters. Uh, so what other like spells we want to pair with those are just the other land destruction spells like your Armageddon's, your Ravages of War. Um, you have upheaval on here with a question mark. Yeah, because it kind of does this. I mean, it does a similar thing with the artifact mana in that. Um, you can like tap like way more than six mana if you have a ton, and then upheaval, everything goes to your hand, and you just play a bunch of artifact mana basically, and then you pass a turn and you're like, hey, I got, you know, all these permanents play you've literally nothing. Yeah, and Winter Orb kind of fits right into that strategy too. That's another kind of just mana denial card where mm-hmm. you don't really care if only one of your lands untaps because you have worn power stones and coalition relics and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, the artifact mana in general is kind of the crux of this deck. Right. But we're trying to draft, like, a white-red deck, most likely. Yeah, I, I might go green-red just for the fatties. Yeah. Because who doesn't love the fatties? When I did this, there was... I kind of got into blue-red splashing white. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, the coolest thing about... what Or the... The most, like, badass a wildfire is, is when you have something that can survive a wildfire in play, and you cast it. Yep. And and they don't. And then you, you just essentially clear their board of permanence with a giant monster in play, and and you win. So that that is my ultimate goal for the deck, which is why I might, I might pair it with green. I will not be taking cards like uh, Lanawara, or I, I mean, I might take some Lana War Elves and things, but I won't be taking them high at all, because Wildfire will kill them. Yeah, and that's the tricky part, is that you're not ramping in the same way that the green decks are ramping with their, like, Jiraga Tree Speakers and Lotus Cobras. You're you're really all in on the artifacts, mm-hmm. and so it makes you a little weak to artifact removal, and as I was saying earlier, those cards, people are going to play them, because all this artifact mana is running around, so you gotta you kind of got to get lucky, or you just got to be so fast that you can uh, like avoid losing to those cards. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the reasons why I think this deck is bad, is because <laughs> you're a <laughs> little be... too reliant on your artifact mana. But it's important that it, that it is bad, because we only draft bad decks in this segment. That's correct. Except once we did Spider Spawning, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but nobody knew about it. Yeah. Uh... You did. You wrote uh, a Johnny Vengeant on here as well, which which I like because it's it's more of the the mana mana denial. Yeah, just any card like that, even just land destruction spells. Like I think Wasteland goes up in value. I think that uh, like even a card like Molten Rain or is that what it's called? Yeah, the, that the is Stone Rain. Called. Like that card could go in this deck. I don't know if I'd want to play Rashid in Port. Mm, probably not. Because that's going to die to your Armageddon's, to your wildfires. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know. You can, you can talk me into it. I'm not going to try to talk you into it. Okay, so instead of kind of just like talking about individual cards, I want to pair this with a What Will Wheel segment. The way this segment works is uh, we look at a pack and we try to determine what would wheel out of it, like what would come back to us after the other seven drafters have taken a card from the pack. But I think it'll be useful in the context of forcing the issue in that we could take we could talk about which card out of the pack we would take if we were trying to force this white, red, or just mana denial dot deck right. archetype. So if you want to follow along, we'll read off all the cards. We're not going to say what all the cards do, but uh, we have posted these photos, uh, the screenshots of the packs on Facebook, and you can find those at facebook.com backslash EWDraftCast. It's under What Wheel Wheel Volume 2. Uh, we've done this once before. I'm excited to do it again. Uh, Jeff, you want to read off the first pack? Pick one, pack one? Sure. So pack one, pick one, we have Selesnia Signet, Whip Quarter, Rancor, Shrine of Burning Rage, Mishra's Factory, Palancron, Una's Prowler, Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Fortune, Maelstrom Pulse, Char. There's only one Wheel of Fortune, by the way. I just read it twice. Tarmogoyf, Snapcaster Mage, Koth of the Hammer, Jace the Mind Sculptor, and Soren Lord of Innistrad. Triple pack of Planeswalkers at the end there. And some other good cards too. Snapcaster, yeah. Rancor. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty... I was kind of disappointed there wasn't just like an easy first pick artifact mana here. Yeah. So first let's talk about uh, forcing the issue. What card would you take to force this deck? Uh, if I'm ignoring, yeah, if I'm ignoring, like, just cards that are good in any deck and only looking for a card that is, like, this deck, um, I would say maybe a Koth of the Hammer or a Selesnia Signet, I guess, because it's artifact mana, but not really what you want. Yeah, so for me it came down to Jace or Koth. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, ignoring cards that are just good in any deck. Jace is obviously insane. He's right. Uh, so, so this is where like forcing the issue gets kind of tricky. Is like this is a like Jace is a card that would be good in any deck. So, is that the card you take, or do you take the card that's like more on color and slightly less powerful, but like better suited for your archetype, which I believe Koth is. Yeah, I mean, but again, like you're probably going to be playing multiple colors, and then. Koth becomes a little bit worse with that, and uh, but I don't know. He does like ramp kind of, and he is a planeswalker, so there's that. That was the card I took. I took the Koth. I felt really terrible about it. I should have yeah. taken the Jace. Yeah, sure, but you're forcing, so like I said, you know, Koth is the card that I would take if I was just like a hundred percent in, like gonna pass this Bloodline Keeper because I'm this smart. But, yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about what, what should wheel out of this pack. Seven cards are going to come back. Yeah, um, obviously the two Planeswalkers I think are going to go. Yes. Let's see, what else will go? Uh, Snapcaster will probably go. Maelstrom Pulse will probably go. Probably Rancor. Rob, I don't. I think Tarmogoyf might go before Rancor. I think they both would be gone, actually. Yeah, probably. Probably both of those. Um, obviously, if there's any mono red drafter, they're going to take Char. 
So that would they? Probably... Would you take Burning Rage, the Shrine oh, over oh, Char? I, I didn't notice Shrine. Yeah, I think I would take Shrine over Char. It's probably just a lot more reach. Yeah, it's also one of those colorless sources of damage in a red deck, which can be important. Yeah. So, let's see. Jace, Koth, Snapcaster, Maelstrom Pulse, Rancor, Shrine. That's six. We need two more cards to go. Tarmogoyf? Tarmo, yeah, and and probably... Uh, yeah, the last one's tough. It's um, like Char, Sorin... I would I would say Mishra's Factory should go, but nobody likes Mishra's Factory for some reason. Because everybody's so greedy with their like four color mana bases that a colorless land just doesn't do it. You know, it scares them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're stupid. I like. Let's mana let's, let's pick one. We got to we got to decide on one so we can see what what actually did. I, I would pick Mishra's. Okay, we'll say that Mishra should wield or should not wield. So that leaves us with uh, Char, Celestia Signet, Whip Quarter. Palancron, Una's Prowler, Wheel of Fortune, Sorin, Lord of Innistrad. No, oh, I, th- I think Sorin wouldn't wheel. Oh, you don't think so? I, th- I don't think I included that in our list. Maybe no. I did. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, no, we didn't. So, so yeah, I think Mistress Factory would come back before Sorin would. Okay, uh, let's take a look at the next. What came back in pack nine, or pick nine? And this is kind of interesting. What? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, Rancor, Shrine of Burning Rage, Mishra's Factory, Palancron, Soren, Lord of Innistrad, Maelstrom Pulse, and Una's Prowler. So that's a lot of the cards that we thought would be gone. And what this tells me more than anything is that there probably weren't a whole lot of green black drafters at the table. No, there were definitely not. Uh, Maelstrom Pulse is a Vindicate. It's kind of better than that, even. Yeah, I mean, it can't hit lands, but I but guess... It can hit- Planeswalkers like, and yeah, well, so can vindicate. Sure, uh, but I mean, the fact that like if they have a bunch of tokens out, you can yeah, it can hit a mass of tokens, which is pretty big. So so both of, there were only two black cards in the pack, and they both came back. Someone did take Char over Shrine of Burning Rage, and someone took Tarmogoyf over Rancor and Maelstrom Pulse. Yeah, I I could that might just be incorrect. Like, what do you think about that? Tarmogoyf over Rancor and. And Maelstrom, I could see it over Rancor, uh, and I mean, if they're if they're really against playing black, I could see it over Maelstrom Pulse. But in, in pack one, I'm I'm going to take the just the more powerful card. I'm I'm going to take the Pulse, like even if I'm like already like green red for sure, I'm like well fuck it, I'm going to splash Pulse instead of playing a Tarmo, which which can sometimes be like a five six, but in in cube it's it's worse than in constructed, so. Yeah, because you can't really... It's harder to tailor your deck to getting a variety of different types of cards into the graveyard. Yeah. I think Soren coming back is... And, and Pulsar, and even Rancor. Like, I didn't expect any three of those cards to make it back. Yeah. The Soren surprise... Uh, Planeswalkers generally go very fast. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it is in a kind of a weird color combo, but it is a walker that pluses to make guys. I don't know. I, I mean, it might have to do with the fact that the white... If there is a white-black deck, it might not necessarily be one that's particularly aggressive enough to use the like the emblem aspect of Soren. But he's good in a control deck, too. I mean, just a, a Planeswalker that pluses to put creatures into play is good, period, if you're slow or fast, I think. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah, the char over the shrine kind of surprises me. But I did, I did point out the char first because I kind of forgot that the shrine was in there. 
I think that's a pick you can make too. Like I I can understand someone making that justification, I guess. Yeah. Although I would rather have the shrine. The shrine is slow. Char is definitely one of the worst of the three mana burn spells in my opinion. Alright. Well let's move on to let's go back to pick two. Pick two. Alright, pack one pick two. We got Memory Lapse, Rift Bolt, Is It Signet, Tattermung Maniac, Trinket Mage, Thalia Guardian of Thraven, Damnation, Regrowth, Ratchet Bomb, Caves of Koilos, Upheaval, Mirren Crusader, Hallowed Fountain, Yavimaya Coast. So let's force the issue first. All right. If we are forcing the issue, uh, I can see, I mean, I, I like non-basic lands in general. Uh, none of these are red, but uh, so I probably wouldn't take any of them. I see Upheaval. I see Is It Signet. I see Rift Bolt. I think even Trinket Mage is... It's probably not a card we'd pick here, but that's a card we wouldn't mind running to like go get a Soul Ring or a Mana Vault. Right. Yeah. I think, for me, the pick came down to Upheaval or Is It Signet. Mm -hmm. And I felt a little weird having taken Koth over Jace to immediately jump on a blue card and take the Upheaval. Right. Uh, With that said, I I think Upheaval is probably the correct pick. It's definitely the most powerful card. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Signet's just a Signet. Uh, upheaval is a game-ender as long as you build around it, which we're trying to do in a way. Right, and um, getting it second pick, you know you're going to be doing that. Right, right, right. But it doesn't necessarily play, like, totally on point with our other, like, with our main theme of, like, artifact mana and land destruction, necessarily. Right, yeah, it's not really a land destruction pro card it's just like it's it's kind of works the opposite way where like with wildfire armageddon you want to stick a threat and then resolve an armageddon or a wildfire with upheaval you want to resolve upheaval and then stick a, a threat after the fact right so right. subtly different but i do think that those two things are close enough to the point where upheaval is probably the correct pick yeah but you took the signet yeah i overthought it i think yeah that's yeah I, I mean, I can understand that, too, because, like I was saying, Artifact Mana is your, like, number one goal, and it does have red in it, so... Yeah, that was exactly how I justified it to myself. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think is going to wheel out of this pack? This is another interesting one with a lot of cards that are kind of close in power level. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, quick aside, I, my in my two drafts so far... The people are not respecting the Signets, or the Bounce Lands for that matter. Oh yeah, the Bounce Lands have got to go high. Also, people are not respecting Mox. You know, third and fourth pick Moxes are happening fairly regularly, which should not happen. Well, we did say that we would take, like, Ancestral and... Okay, sure. If like, you have that's you what I'm pack that's, like, all the Power 9, sure. Well, I mean, even just one or two, you know, like... And, I mean... On average, I, I mean, maybe maybe those packs had, like, better cards in them, but I don't know. I think people are, are looking at Moxes and being like, oh, it's just like a land. And not, like, really understanding the power of them. But anyway. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about what, what should get picked out of this pack. I think Upheaval and Signet, like, because I, I took the Signet, I know that that's not coming back. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, Upheaval, uh, yes. Mirren Crusader are both. Definitely. Uh, Damnation will probably go. Yeah, Damnation, I think Hallowed Fountain should probably go. Yeah, probably. Um, 
I think that Thalia will go. Thalia, Riftbolt? Riftbolt, yes, will go. And then maybe Regrowth or another one of the lands? I'm at seven cards right now. Yeah, that is seven. Um, I don't think a Pain Land would go before a Regrowth. I think Regrowth would go first. So, All right, yeah. so we're expecting Memory Lapse, Ratchet Bomb, Caves of Koilos, uh, Yavimai Coast, Trinket Mage, and Tattermunge Maniac to come back. Yeah. Okay, let's see what happened. What do you see, Jeff? Uh, pretty close to what we just said. Uh, we got Memory Lapse, Tattermunge Maniac, Trinket Mage, Caves of Koilos, Regrowth, and Damnation. So, after what happened with Pick One, Pack One, it's not too surprising that the Damnation and the Regrowth came back sure. as well, because black and green are the two underdrafted colors at this table. Mm-hmm. But what did people take over it? So Yavimai Coast did get selected. And Ratchet Bomb. And Ratchet Bomb. Yeah, I guess Ratchet Bomb's a... Colorless. Board sweeper of sorts. Yeah, it's pretty pretty mediocre board sweeper, but it's a board sweeper. I mean, the thing about uh, board sweepers in Cube uh, is is they're not a dime a dozen, but they're like a dime for, you know, six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them. Dime a half dozen? So, like, Damnation is a good card, obviously. It's, uh, I think I think Wrath of God and Damnation are, are probably the two best sweepers in the cube. I, I could be wrong on that, but close to. And so that means something, but uh, there are a lot of them. Most of them cost more than four mana, though. What do you think about Memory Lapse in the cube? Just wax poetic for a minute. I don't love Memory Lapse. Uh, it's fine, though. Uh, I And... It's one of those things where, like, I love Remand, and so it's weird that I wouldn't love Memory Lapse, too. But the act of, I don't know, like, taking away a draw step for your opponent doesn't feel as good as drawing a card for some reason. I think that they're almost exactly on par with each other. They're very similar, and I just it, it just seems like Remand is better. And I, ca- I can't even, like tell you why <laughs> i think i think memory lapse is better really yeah because because they can't recast it exactly like if they cast something cheap like there's sometimes when you have remand in your hand and they play like a two mana spell with like five five lands and you're like i could remand it but then like they're just going to replay it i mean i got to draw a card that's cool but like memory lapse is just like nope not this turn and there's yeah. something to be said about that that's a really powerful ability two mana counters are very good compared to their three mana and four mana brethren. Yeah, I, th- I think this is better than Remand by a. No, I don't want to say by a lot, but by it's noticeably better to me. And uh, they, they seem very similar, and I prefer Remand, but it just might be my greedy card drawing mind. I mean, you essentially get that card draw. You just get an extra draw step that they don't get. Yeah, I mean, well, kind of. It, it's not. It's not card draw. It's it's the. It's, the antithesis, right? It's it's sure. Like you're still up a card, though, is what I'm saying. Yes, you are up a card. I don't know the decks I draft. I guess I like to dig through them. I don't know. I, I don't really have the answer. Like I can't formulate in my brain why it's saying no. It's better. Can I keep trying to convince you? I don't think it's gonna work, but you could try. So think about this. Why, when they printed Reman, did they not just reprint Memory Lapse? Because they're different cards. They're pretty. They're, they're pretty different. We just said that they're pretty much the same. I. I. Yeah. I. Well, they. <laughs> they do a similar thing, but. But they. 
like I said, that one makes your opponent discard a card, one makes you draw a card. The the point I'm trying to make here is that I think that Memory Lapse is probably more powerful in the sense that they've they'll print Remand now, but they wouldn't print Memory Lapse now. I don't think they'd print Remand now. You don't think so? What no. what set did that actually come out in? Do you remember? Ravnica. Really? Yeah. Huh. And it was a constructed powerhouse. Yeah, it was very good. Memory Lapse was very good back in the day too. Yeah, they both were good. So, I don't know. I think I think Memory Lapse is better. Yeah, I mean it might also have to do with the fact that I just have played with Remand more. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think you should play. You like the next time you see Memory Lapse and Cube, and like it's there's potential for you to take it. You should take it and play with it. I think you. Yeah. I think you really you would really like it. Okay. I will do that, and then I will report back. Yeah. Uh, let's go to pick or pack one, pick three. All right, pack one, pick three. Diabolic Edict, Ultimate Price, Price of Progress, Riftwing Cloudscape, Bribery, Savannah, Sacred Foundry, Simic Sky Swallower, Acroma, Angel of Wrath, Channel, Falcon Wrath Aristocrat, Master of the Wild Hunt, Thunder Ma Hellkite. This is a very like money themed pack. With ultimate price, price of project, progress, bribery, and, and the aristocrat. Yeah, I know. I feel so rich looking at this pack. Pretty funny. So, cards to look at for the deck archetype. Uh, we have... Yeah, forcing the issue. Forcing the issue. Uh, we have uh, a fairly cheap fatty that survives wildfire and Thundermaw Hellkite. Yep. Um, we have... Some other stuff. <laughs> we have a channel channel that can bust out a crazy artifact on turn two, if possible. Or, like, two uh, crazy artifacts on turn two. Sure. Uh, we have a bribery, which we talked about earlier that, you know, is just a good card. But it if you're ramping, like, ramping into a bribery is is always good. Generally, people, people are generally always going to be playing a creature that costs five or more mana. And if it costs more than five mana, you're getting a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, so I think it comes down to Hellkite, Bribery, Channel. I think you could talk about Riftwing, Cloudskate, or the Sacred Foundry. But I think that if you're going to take the Cloudskate, you should probably just take Bribery. Yeah, I agree. And if you're going to take the Foundry, you should probably just take Channel. I agree. Like, the land the land fixing is cool, but the ramp that Channel provides is kind of absurd. It's definitely absurd. Yeah. Channel is another one of the cards that... Uh, it's kind of mind twist esque, where it just feels dumb. Like, like basically, a turn two Eldrazi feels stupid. Like, I don't even. Yeah. I don't even enjoy doing that at all. Like, Ulamog, you, you enjoy it a little bit. Don't lie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's like I'll giggle, but like it's not like we played magic. It's like I got to laugh. Yeah. And, and you got to make a sad face at me. It's true. I don't know. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot. What would you take? I think I'd take the Hellkite. Okay. I took the Bribery, but I think the Hellkite is the other, the only other card I was really considering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that card is a beast. Part of my reasoning was just because I had been seeing, like, Upheaval got passed to me, Bribery got passed to me, I kind of just figured, you know what, I should probably just get into blue. Blue is just open. Yeah, it's just probably just open, and the fact that I want to be playing artifacts means that if I see an academy, that'll be good. You know, mm-hmm. the Hellkite just 
it is a cheap fatty, so it's not super replaceable, but fatties in general are pretty replaceable in the cube. Yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, just in general, in vacuum land, bribery is going to be taken over Hellkite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what will we'll... Well, some amount of the fatties will probably come back, like whether it's a Chroma or Sky Swallower. Sky Swallower usually does come back. Yeah, people don't like that card. They're silly. They're not reanimating it enough. <laughs> Uh, I think the Aristocrat probably would come back just because, like, relative to the other cards in this pack, like, in black and in red, it's just not as good. Um, I mean, it's probably better than Price of Progress. It is. I think, I don't know. I think I like it more than the the black cards, too. Really? Uh, Well, it depends what you're doing, for sure. Uh, But in, like, the red-black aggressive deck, it's so hard to deal with. I, I mean, I could see it tabling, though. Because the Ultimate Price and the Diabolic Edict are just way more flexible. They don't have to be in an aggressive red-black deck where uh, yeah. the Aristocrat basically has to be to be good. So I think I think Master will be taken. Both lands will be taken. The Hellkite will be taken. Channel. Channel will be taken. Cloudscape will be taken. Uh, I guess we... You need two more. more. Oh, two more? Did I count wrong? Did you say Aristocrat was one of them? I guess no. bribery is one, yeah. So. Yeah, bribery is one. So just one more. Uh, and the last one would probably be ultimate price would probably be gone. Yeah, I'd expect one of the black removal spells or the acroma to be gone, just because people and, love acroma and someone's always playing reanimator, you know. Yeah, you notice how acroma is like not that good in reanimator. Yeah, it's really not that good, but people think it is. <laughs> I don't know why. I I want somebody to animate dead with acroma and just yeah. be like, wait, what happened? So why we think that. Sky Swallower, Aristocrat, Price of Progress, and Acroma, and maybe one of the other black removal spells, the Edict would come back? Yeah, that's my guess. Alright, I'm, I'm down with that. Let's see what happened. Ultimate Price, Price of Progress, Sacred Foundry, Acroma, and Falconrath Aristocrat. Pretty close, then. Yeah. So, obviously Edict was taken over Ultimate Price. I don't know if I agree with that. I think you could... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it depends on what you what else you have in your deck at the time you're making that pick. For sure, for sure. Like if you have a bunch of removal already, Diabolic Edict is probably better. Yeah, because it's uh, not a common effect. Yeah. So what was taken that we thought wouldn't be? The Sky uh, Swallower was. Oh, the Sky Swallower was taken. Good, good. People should. Yeah, take exactly. That. That's a good card. I, I like that guy. Uh, and, and someone took something over Sacred Foundry. The. Well, I guess Sky Swallower is what they took over Sacred Foundry. Oh, okay. We already yeah. talked about Ultimate Price. Right. So, so yeah, so we were pretty close on that one. I like it. I, yeah, and I don't think that's wrong necessarily. Like none of these cards, like at this point in a, in a cube draft, are like absurd to me. Like Ultimate Price is good and Sacred Foundry are good, but you see cards like that go late pretty often. Mm-hmm. And I was stoked to score Sacred Foundry out of that pack. For sure. All right, yeah. next pack. Let's pick it up and. Keep going. So this is pick four, pack one. All right. Uh, Okiba Gang Shinobi, Wild Nakadal, Compulsive Research, Magma Jet, Fire Ice, Terminus, Ancestral Vision, Lion's Eye Diamond, Badlands, Fire Main Angel, Paladin Invec, and Niv-Mizzet Draco Genius. Niv-Mizzet. Okay. In Greg's deck... Of Not a whole lot for me here. Ramping, yeah. I mean, I see Badlands, 
I see compulsive research. I see ancestral vision. I guess I'm not going to take fire ice over any of those cards, I don't think. I don't even think I'd take fire ice over magma jet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think so. Oh, did I not say magma jet? No, you did not. Yeah. Also magma jet, uh, but I don't think I would take that over the other three either. Yeah, I think it comes down to the land or one of the draw spells. Yeah, and I do think the vision is better than the research. Me too. Unless, that was that was the card I took. Unless you are, of course, wanting things in the yard, then which I do not. Is a snap pick. Love reanimator. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty easy, I think, just because there isn't a whole lot for us here. Like, what do you think about terminus in a deck like that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like it really goes along with the plan. It just seems like a a plan B type of card. Right. And I don't right. like cards like that in cube. Uh, yeah, and especially at this point, this is pick, pick four. Uh, the white has not really been coming. Nope. It kind of seems like you're not going to be playing white, so why take a white card here? Whereas blue is... Open. Open, yeah. It looks yeah. like blue's coming. And so that was why I took the vision. Uh, for wheeling purposes, I think the Shinobi... The Lion's Eye Diamond, the Fireman Angel are all obvious, very good candidates to come back. Like those are the three. Nicodle as well. See, I think Nic- people love that card. No. No. I mean, well, maybe they do. I don't. <laughs> I mean, we only we only need to pick one more card f- to come back out of this. So I, I think it's I think it would be Nicodle. Uh, people, I guess people love that. I don't know. Do people love that card? I. It's just it's so hard to draft a solid. Naya aggressive deck to where like I guess it's it's fine if it's just like a curd ape. Yeah, if it's a two two for one, that's pretty decent in a lot of decks. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I what just... do you think? You think that someone would take Nivnisset over it? Eh, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Nivnisset's too like restrictive. Yeah, so those are the cards I would expect to come back: the Shinobi, the Diamond, the Fireman Angel, and the the Draco Genius. Yeah. All right, I I, I can buy that. Oh, so close. Wow, you got that Badlands? <laughs> All right. I didn't even uh, take the Badlands either. Okuba Gang, Shinobi, Badlands, Fireman Angel, and Niv-Mizzet came back. So somebody took Lion's Eye Diamond over Badlands. I got I to mean, play against that person in round one. <laughs> I was and, about... Wait, wait. I was going to say, hey, maybe somebody drafted like a Sweet Storm deck or something. No. The, the answer? <laughs> no, he tried to ramp into something with his Lion's Eye Diamond. And he just discarded his hand, and then after a long pause, I saw four letters in the chat box. O-O-P-S. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Um, by the way, I, I mentioned, when you were telling me this, I, I said this, uh, you didn't really respond, but I think Wizards is really stupid for putting Lion's Eye Diamond in the cube. Not not because like it's not cube-worthy, which I'm not sure if it is, but because... People are going to do that, and it's going to upset them. And, like, pe- they want people to keep coming back. And when people draft cards and they don't really work how they think they're going to work, it's like, that's a card that's going to trick people sometimes. I don't know. Like, There's not a whole lot that can trick you with that card. It says sure, right on the card. Sure like, there is. Uh, sacrifice well, it, discard your hand, add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. That's all part of the cost. No, I know. I, I understand this, but this is an old card that people... Like, people glance over shit all the time, dude. Like, they just do. I mean, they try to 
build their stuff like I guess cube is for advanced players or that's the idea. But I I can guarantee you that this guy is not the first to <laughs> use a lion's eye diamond and be like, where did my hand go? <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with you. It's just like it reinforces one of those things that I strongly believe in, which is read the effing cards, you know? Yeah. Especially if you are playing a, a format you're not used to, or if it's a card you haven't seen. Like, I'm not going to pick this card from my deck. Or, I, I mean, I might pick it, but I'm definitely not going to put it into my deck true, without true. reading it once, you know? Yeah, putting it into your deck, that is true. Like, I could see people, like, looking at it while drafting and being like, I, I don't understand this. I'm not going to think about this anymore. And it was game one. It wasn't, like, this guy started at main deck, you know? Like, I would never do that with a card that I didn't understand. Yeah, I know. So, All right. But you took the Niv-Mizzet over the Badlands. Yeah, I've, I've needed more creatures at that point, and I was firmly entrenched in blue-red, uh, yeah. and I didn't really see myself needing to get into black at all with the Badlands. Sure. So I just shipped it. That's fine. Uh, I think I have one more on here. We don't have, we have to go super deep for the what we wield, but we should definitely talk about it for the... Uh, oh, well, there's a very obvious pick. The but... forcing... The, yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to get to it. Okay. This is pick five. Pick five. Impulse, Findhorn Elves, Golgari Rot Farm, Agony Warp, Oblivion Ring, Basalt Monolith, Vendillion Click, Dream Halls, Misty Rainforest, Bayou, Urabrask the Hidden. So there's some artifact mana right there. Yeah, and it's a pretty good one too. Basalt Monolith is a three mana artifact and you can tap it to add three mana to your pool, but it doesn't untap during your upkeep, you have or during your untap step, you have to pay three mana to untap it. Just at any time. Right. It's like, it costs one more than Grim Monolith, uh, or, but it, it costs one less to untap it. Yep. That's exactly right. That was the card I took. It was very good. Yeah. And it's, it is very good. Uh, I love that card. I love cards that produce that much mana. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, right. <laughs> On turn four, you could play potentially a seven mana spell if you've hit all your land drops. Fuck yeah. That's all you need. That's all Jeff needs. All I need. Uh, yeah, so um, that it would be a super easy pick for this forcing the issue. Yeah, I mean, you could like talk about wanting the Oblivion Ring or the Urabrask or just one of the lands like the Misty Rainforest. Yeah. But you're going to take the, the artifact ramp if you're forcing it. Yeah, but by the way, a card that is in this pack that uh, I think, well... I think Basalt Monolith probably shouldn't be in this pack, but also Vendillion Click is a really good card. Yeah, that card is sweet. Um, and it really signals to me here that, that blue is wide, wide open. But, like, I, like we're forcing, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but uh, and, and Basalt Monolith isn't... I don't think it's actually worse than Vendillion Click. I think Basalt Monolith is, is insane. But Yeah. Do you want to talk about what you think would wheel out of this pack? Uh, we could. I don't know. Is it useful? Uh, let's see. I'm just going to cheat. Look ahead. Not really. Okay. I mean, it, it is... <laughs> okay, well, that, there's one thing I want to talk about. Like, what do you think are the best four cards in this pack? Like, best? Four, the, like including the monolith. Like, the cards you would not expect right. to see come back. The two I talked about were the click and the monolith. I think Oblivion Ring's up there. Yeah, probably O-Ring and probably the Misty. Misty over Bayou? Yeah. I take Fetchlands over Duels every time. Okay. They tend to be, like, worth more fixing. Yeah, I mean, you could potentially get four colors with it if you have yeah. two dual lands. 
I mean, even if you get one duel that isn't blue-green, that's like blue-black, like let's say you get the bayou, yeah. like that's that's able to produce blue-black or red, or green. So that's better than a duel, essentially. All right. I mean, I, I should have framed this question in a different way. Like, what do you think are the three worst cards in this pack? Three worst cards. Dream Halls. Easy. Yeah. Uh, Agony Warp? Yeah, Agony Warp. Uh, the last one is tough. But El- elves, Impulse, Rot Farm, or Urbrask? It's not Elves. It's not Rot Farm. So Impulse or Urbrask? Yeah. And, I mean, if you're combo, obviously you're taking Impulse. Like, the problem with Urbrask, I think it is Urbrask. The problem with Urbrask is that he's like, yeah, I'm so aggressive. Like, we're being aggressive. This is great. But It's a five drop. But he costs five mana. And not only that, but it's like, if, say, you know, you're trying to be the aggressive red deck and you play Urbrask, the thing that's like all your creatures have haste, yeah, they already do. They're red <laughs> cards. Like, that's just kind of their thing. In yeah. the cube, anyway. It's just kind of a weird card that doesn't fit right. Like, And it doesn't do as much as other things. Like, it doesn't do as much as Thundermaw Hellkite at the same mana cost. Yeah. You actually nailed it. Those are the three cards that came back. The Agony Warp, the Dream Halls, and Urbrask. And I guess Urbrask very well might be the third worst card in the pack. I just am surprised that, considering it's the only red card, that it did come back. That is something that I would be surprised about as well. It, it does seem like, I mean, somebody's playing red red aggro. I guess they could possibly be red. No, I don't even see a card they could possibly want over it. Yeah. I guess maybe a hate draft, I guess. Or like Misty Rainforest if they were splashy for something, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. Maybe, it, maybe it got to them. Maybe they were like... The, the pick right before you and like O-Ring was still in the pack and they're like, this is bullshit. O-Ring. <laughs> and they possible. just took O-Ring be- just out of principle. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's, uh, that's what will wheel for today. And I'm, I'm glad we tied it into the forcing the issue. I think that was helpful as far as discussing how to force a deck. Sure. Yeah. I, we've never done that before. That's, that's useful. Do you, do you want to mention, before we go, do you want to mention any cards that uh, if, if you were, say, to force this deck, not that we recommend it, that you should really be on the lookout for? <laughs> to, Besides, you mean playing against or to pick up? No, to pick up. Uh, what's what's your favorite finisher for the deck? Oh, well, yeah, we talked about this a little bit. I think Sundering Titan's got to be up there. Yeah. It, because it's all colorless mana. It fits your like land destruction theme. Yeah, and it's a giant monster. It's a giant monster. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I like... What do I like? I like Karn, actually, quite a bit. Yeah, Karn's pretty sweet. Uh, he doesn't get hit by Wildfire. <laughs> um, I like... Yeah, I like stuff. I like... I don't know. I like things or... with flying, too. Just, like, big flying monsters, like dragons in general. Yeah, you passed a dragon. Yeah, I think it was correct to take the bribery over it, though, considering the way the draft was going. Yeah. It's also a dragon in itself, pretty much. Right. I ended up with a Sphinx of the Steel Wind on the splash in my deck, and that was pretty good. <laughs> that card is hilarious. I have reanimated that against mono-red and red-green opponents too many times to count, where they just, like... <laughs> It's it's one of the most hilarious responses because a lot of people don't like know Sphinx of the Steel Wind very well, you know. Yeah. 
like it's not a common card to see. And so it's like you cast it and they start to do something like they start to take their turn. And then there's this massive pause, like after they've obviously read what just what you just did. And (laughs) it's just like, oh, fuck, like (laughs) there's no way I can win. There's just no way. Like if you the life link is absurd. Yeah. Well, and it's vigilant. It's like, yeah, you you can't kill this. I'm going to attack you every turn with it and gain six. And then if you want to attack me, you're going to let me gain six again. <laughs> you're you're a big dumb idiot if you attack me, which means you if you're not attacking me, you're not winning. Yeah, it's just a stupid card. And it's hard to kill even for any color because it's it's a black card, so the black spells don't hit it very well. And uh it's a 6/6, six, six, so yeah. damage doesn't do much to it. Right. And Artifact Destruction is mostly red-green. There is some in white, which will kill it, but... Oh, yeah, white is the best color against it by far. Yeah, because it has pa- Path and... Path and Swords and Oust and all those fun cards. O-Ring. Yeah, another card I uh, really like in the deck, and, I mean, this isn't going to be surprising when I say it, is Tolarian Academy. That card yeah. is... If you get if you have two artifacts, it's just... It's, 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 it's already really good. If you have three or four, the the card is unreal. <laughs> yeah, I so I I drafted it in a different deck. I, this was a black green like <laughs> ramp deck with a bunch of artifact mana, and uh, I just played it because it was just like you know as colorless mana, which is the world's obviously. best ancient tube. Yeah, the world's best ancient tube. Uh, I had it one game where it was only producing one mana, so it was just like a land, and it was like eh, whatever. But um, I did have one game where the I, I like drew it, and immediately, going from being able to like almost be able to cast Ulamog to being able to cast not only Ulamog but also um, I didn't have Ulamog in my hand by the way. Also being able to cast Primal Command to grab Ulamog and cast it in the same turn. <laughs> It was absurd. Wow. Yeah, it was a six-mana Tolarian Academy. That's so brutal. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. Uh, other other cards I like, the red kind of board sweeper effects. Like, I had an Earthquake and a Pyroclasm in my draft deck, and those were both pretty good for me. Because you're not playing a whole lot of early creatures. Right. You can really abuse those cards. And Earthquake is, is good at dealing with Planeswalkers, uh, it can be a little bit of a liability if you've taken a lot of damage early, like trying to set up. But for sure, a lot of the decks in this for, in this cube format take a lot of time to set up, so that doesn't happen as much. Like most of the early damage you take is from your own like fetch lands and shock lands. Right. Like I had the earthquake in the main deck, and the pyroclasm was in my sideboard. And almost every game, I wanted to bring the pyroclasm in, mm-hmm. just because I I was kind of weak to to early creatures. Mm-hmm. And, th- and I think that's important as far as playing with a card like Wildfire and like Armageddon, is that, like, if your opponent has three creatures on board and you only have, like, the one fatty, like, you're not really gaining that much of an upper hand by casting Armageddon or Wildfire. Sure. If the Wildfire kills other dudes, it does. But if you're just casting Armageddon, just destroying all lands, you could be setting yourself up for just a race. Yeah. Another card to mention that does a similar thing to Wildfire, except maybe even better, is All is Dust. Yeah, I passed over that thing a couple times. You passed it? Yeah. I 
for some reason I, I I misread it. I thought of it more as a uh I don't know why I thought that it was just a Chromos Vengeance, but as soon as you mentioned it, you're like, Yeah, that card is good. I'm like, Oh, why is that good? Oh right, because all my shit is colorless. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think I messed up there. Yeah, possibly. I even wheeled it like in the pack that I saw it and I didn't take it the second time either. Bummer. Yeah. So next time, learn from yeah. my mistakes. Uh, I, I wrote down cards to possibly hate. Acroma's Vengeance is one of them because it kills all your artifacts. Uh, and artifact maybe... hate in general. Yeah, artifact hate in general. Probably the specific artifact hate is more dangerous than the mass artifact hate. Yeah. Since like, if your if your fatties are artifacts, that's definitely true because you know no matter how much artifact mana you have, if they kill your fatty, then you're out. You know. Well, the other the other thing is, is that you go all in on like hands where you're like, oh, I have a land, a like an ancient tomb and a coalition relic, and I don't have any other lands, and I don't really have any other ways to like make mana. But if I can resolve these things and just get going with the coalition relic, I'll, I'll probably win. And then it's right. like you go turn three coalition relic, and they go turn three like ten street hooligan or torch fiend, destroy your coalition relic. You're so bumped you're way far behind. Like, your whole plan is thrown out of whack by just that one simple artifact destruction card. Right, right. Uh, the other card I wrote on here, which I was amazed when I came across it in the draft, uh, they put Nolrod in the cube. Yeah, I saw that. Which totally destroys artifact mana. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious. It's just kind of a random card to see in there, and I remember, like, I was drafting this deck, and I had, like... You know, I had Mana Vault, I had, like, a bunch of other artifact mana, and I and I was like, oh, there's nothing in this pack. And then I was like, Nolrod, what does this do again? I was like, holy shit, I'm taking this and keeping it away from everybody, because Jesus. It shuts down Moxon, too, right? What? It shuts, it shuts down... It shuts, it shuts down, down every artifact God. That, for an activation cost. You know what we should have tried to force? It was just, like, the hate deck, where you take... <laughs> All the artifact destruction spells, all the discard spells, and all the like null rod like effects like that. Some uh, pithing needles. And... Yeah, you just go to town on like <laughs> saying no to your opponent. Like nope, <laughs> nope, nope. The, the meddling mage deck. Yeah, meddling five color meddling mage. <laughs> that deck would be so stupid. Yeah. Oh, a quick a quick thing before we wrap up. Uh, the deck, or one of the other decks that we were talking about maybe forcing, which I did in fact force, <laughs> is the no creature deck. That means you cannot draft a creature, end of story, unless there are only creatures in the pack. And if there are, you can't play those damn creatures. So I did this. Um, turns out there just are not enough ways to kill your opponent without using creatures. And my deck just like, like did stuff and junk. And it was like, I was just casting all these spells, like, killing all these creatures, doing all this stuff. And then my opponent, like, lands, like, some, like, vanilla 3-3, and I'm just out of cards. And I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta, gotta rip something. And I finally, like, ah, oh, Wrath of God, ha, I killed your 3-3 with my Wrath of God. And they're like, okay, play another one. It's like... <laughs> Flashback call of the herd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, you're just so boned because you have, like, one win, one kill spell in your entire deck. And you're just trying to survive until you draw it naturally. <laughs> so I think you did it wrong. I think you need to, like, if you're going to draft the Draft No Creatures deck, you have to prioritize, like, man lands, cards that oh, produce creature I tokens. 100% did. Oh, I, every man. card that could possibly deal damage and kill that 
uh, wasn't a creature, I took. Like, it was really, they just, there just weren't any. It's like, where are they? <laughs> like, where's my goddamn, uh, where's the, the, the seven mana thing that makes a five five? You can keep casting it. What's that card called? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, oh, call the skybreaker. Oh, like, where's my call this guy? Like, that was the card I was looking for. I love that card. That card's gonna destroy. But no, nothing like that. Anyway. <laughs> That was uh, a failed attempt, and I, I don't ever want to try to do that again, so I vetoed it. <laughs> I might still try it. You can go for it. Yeah. I'm sure you'll do awesome with it. I hated it. I don't know. I went 1-2 with this fucking... Horrible piece of crap. Yeah, this our Armageddon Burning of Zinye deck. Yeah. But, but yeah, we'll Sometimes see. in cube, people do absurd things that you just can't deal with. Yeah. I'm going to try it uh, right right after this myself and we'll see how it goes are you gonna record it yeah sweet all right well with that in mind keep an eye out for the video you can find that on our youtube page mm-hmm. are you gonna post it on the website jeff uh sure i can do that all right it'll be on our website too that's eastwestdraftcast.com will you tweet about it when you post it in those places probably not <laughs> actually if you post it on the website it'll auto tweet to my account so i'll tweet about it at EW Draftcast. You can follow me there if you want. Uh, you can follow Jeff too, although, as he said, he's not much of a tweeter. I read I read Twitter more than I use it. Uh, so do I. I mean, that's for sure, but I, I do tweet more than you. Uh, Jeff's handle is at Jeff EWDC. Uh, what else am I forgetting? Uh, you can email us. Our address is eastwestdraftcast at gmail.com. I'll post it on the email. <laughs> Send out an email blast. <laughs> yeah. I will mass email the world. All of our subscribers, just send it to people.atworld.org. Yeah. Dot something. Mm-hmm. Dot cloudkeepers.fart. <laughs> um, Alright, I think uh, that wraps up the show. Have a happy set of holidays, whatever those holidays may be for you, Magic players. Draft some cube. Yeah, draft some cube. Let us know if uh, you try forcing... Uh, one of these decks or something of your own concoction. Love to hear about it. Uh, and with that, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you in 2013. Draftcast out! Yo, and yo, I learn through the visible. Spitting rap balls in the balls of the syllables. So when you hit me on the track and the world look flat, then it's all on the wax in the intervals. And when I'm looking for my inner peace, we can deep listening to individuals in the winter police. But listening to evil T-Rock, made a beat rock, rock steady on the box of the beat stop. I don't wanna step back, matter of fact, catch me wrecking the track black without a snake clap back to the grill again. It's still ill of the motherfuckers was scared when I feel it's over again.